We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to The Uncontested an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you download podcasts. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Zanga, MySpace, uh, ChristianMingle.com, FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> We're actually not on those places, but you can find us almost anywhere. We are also part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find them at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter, also BlueWirePods.com. We've got almost the whole squad with us here today on this dark, really early in the evening, Sunday, November 3rd. I've got Kamiar here with me. Hey, it's Daylight Saving Times and I want to take a nap. I've got Taylor with me. Thunder win, Chiefs win, I'm winning fantasy basketball, I'm winning fantasy football. All we do is win, win, win. All I do is win, win, win no matter what. We've got Nick. perfect. Man, I hate the Chiefs. Get out of here, TP. <laughs> Just wait till we get Mahomes back next week. And then you got me. I'm Jacob. Uh, hey, so we're going to have a really fun podcast here tonight. We have a few different segments for you, plus an announcement on our Thunder Jersey giveaway winner. We have selected a winner. We will be announcing it later in the podcast, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And if you are the winner, you need to go ahead and contact us, DM us, whether it's on Facebook, Insta, or Twitter, and we will go ahead and get you that beautiful, beautiful Thunder jersey. I hope you pick the the statement orange jerseys because those are my favorite. Uh, what are we going to do if the, the winner wants the, the black bombing one? Are we just going to wait like four months? 
I don't know. What, what's the criteria for picking the winner? Do they have to wrestle us? Uh, that could be fun. <laughs> That'd be cool. Cage match. Put your no, ass in a chokehold. No holds barred. No holds barred or no, no bars hold held. All right, well, let's get started with the podcast. First up, guys, I wanted to talk a few Thunder themes. So this past week, the Thunder go one and two on the week. Interestingly enough, losing record, but a positive point differential. I think they lost their first two games, which are to Houston and to Portland, by a combined seven points. And then they turned around, and on Saturday afternoon, they beat Portland by 11 points. If you haven't gone and listened to that post-game podcast yet, Kamiar did a really good job on that one. So make sure you go and listen. But so they're actually plus four on point differential from the week, even though they went one and two. Taylor, just quick thoughts. What did you think about the week for the Thunder uh, and their performance uh, and that one and two record? Well, the thing I think that stuck out the most to me is the fact that it, it was kind of right on brand with what we were hoping for um, on this podcast specifically when we were going through our season preview. We mentioned that when we were hoping the Thunder would remain competitive, we were hoping they would remain competitive against teams like during the game and scores would be close and the games would be fun and competitive, but not necessarily, you know, they're fighting for fifth or sixth in the West because we want that lottery pick. <laughs> and I think this past week is like a perfect example of that, right? Let's see. I had the had these score, scores pulled up, but like you said, Jacob, like the, the point differential was still positive based off the the win yesterday against New Orleans. Um, they lost by four against the Rockets, lost by three against the Blazers, and they won by eleven against the Pelicans. You I know, they a, might actually have a positive point differential on the year, even yeah, though they're true. like two and four, just because of that ass beating they handed the Dubs. That's very true. Yeah, that's a good point. That that helps out a lot, too. Oh, and they beat the Mavericks by 15. Oh, sorry, that's preseason. Anyways, um, <laughs> regardless, I, I it's been really fun, exciting to watch. Well, if watch. you paid attention to practice, they they won by this much, so that factors into the, the plus-minus on the season. Exactly. Um, so I, I've been ple- pleasantly surprised. It, it's been a, a much more fun season than I was expecting to start off. Um, I was really kind of thinking this first part of the season might be kind of a drag, waiting for – the Thunder trade away guys like Gallo and Schroeder for guys like SGA and Baisley to get more burn. But it's been the perfect combination of veterans stepping up and making big plays and the young guys still getting plenty of shine and performing and playing really well. So I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it was a really good week, and I just kind of hope that the rest of the first half of the season before trade deadline goes similar to the way this first week did. Definitely. So you mentioned a player there that I think that we need to stop and talk about for a while and kind of get some thoughts out there. Uh, yeah, Darius Baisley, who is a really, really funny dude. Um, yes. But, Kamiar, you touched on Baisley quite a bit in your post-game podcast after his great outing against the Pelicans, 15 points, 3 of 6 from 3, uh, I think 5 rebounds and a block, and, and some pretty significant minutes. And he's been playing pretty significantly, um, like not not as far as his on-court play, but just his, his minute totals this season. So, Kamiar, I want to start with you on this one. What what are your thoughts on Darius Baisley so far? Um, optimistic, pessimistic? Uh, what do you think is happening moving forward? Uh, just just break it down for us. What I think is going to happen with Darius Baisley is that, I mean, like Billy Donovan, he said it himself. He said he is going to have some highs and lows. Possibly he's going to be on a roller coaster, and he said he couldn't get on the roller coaster, which was I thought pretty odd. Uh, but anyways. I mean, he's just a rookie, 
and you can definitely see it in in the ways that he tries to dribble drive sometimes it looks kind of really awkward um and then but he's not shy of shooting the ball uh, especially if it's if he's if he's alone because you saw how many times you would see Kyle Singler or somebody else just pump fake when there's really nobody around him or Abdul you know, Nader is Nader. the name you're looking for Abdul Nader yeah. Andre Robertson pump faked a lot. It's like, what are you doing? Stop pumping. Like, stop pump faking the damn ball. Yeah, it's just like you're open. And Shoot the damn thing. Baisley, he doesn't pump fake from outside, and he said he got a lot of encouragement from Chris Paul to actually just go ahead and shoot the damn thing, especially if you're wide open. So he's not afraid to take shots. And, of course, like his shot's not broken. It's not busted, but it's not that pretty. And so that'll be something that they we rework over the next two to three years. And then him finishing at the rim, that was something that we came to expect from him. And that hasn't necessarily been a thing. I think as the season wears on, it's going to be kind of tough for him because he's a lanky guy playing a stretch four, and he can get abused pretty easily. So we'll see how it hap- how that works down the stretch of the season. Um, you know, when he bulks up to being like maybe what, what Jeremy Grant looked like physically, but actually has handles and maybe can shoot the ball a little bit, and then he's, of course, going to get the ball a lot more in his hands and able to dr- uh, dribble drive a lot more than Jeremy Grant did because Jeremy Grant played with Russell Westbrook. Definitely, yeah. I'm with you. So so for the season, uh, he's appeared in all six games, 17 minutes a game, five points, four rebounds, half an assist, um, shooting 50% from the two-point line, 45.5% from the three-point line on nearly two That's attempts nice. a game. Um, so, yeah, Kamiar, I, I think I echo everything you just said there. I, I completely agree with you. And maybe the thing that's been most impressive for me with Baisley so far has been his attention to detail on defense and his rebounding. Yes, like the offense agreed. will come. I have high hopes for for him to be able to put the ball on the floor, attack the rim. He still seems like a, a bit of a timid 19-year-old attacking the rim, trying to finish against grown men. He's but from the his, country of New Balance. He, that was a good tweet. That was pretty he, funny. He has an ability to get to the rim and find guys and pass the ball. Uh, his his IQ and his vision is there. And I think that I that IQ is translating defensively as well, which is really encouraging for such a young player. Typically, like if a guy comes into the NBA in his rookie year and – a lot of them sometimes can flourish offensively. That's not typically a problem. The problem is defensively guys struggle in the league early on. And it, so to me, it's encouraging that Baisley is playing adequate defense and smart defense and positional defense right now. His defense positioning is super promising, uh, particularly for being a rookie, just not getting lost on rotations. Like, you know, there we've talked a lot about Hami, and Hami has really improved uh, in terms of his on-ball defending, but he still gets so lost defensively on the defensive end of the floor. And a guy like Baisley is able to come in as a rookie, and just his basketball IQ shows very brightly, I think, on that side of the floor. Uh, but, Jacob, I'm, I'm looking this up on NBA stats, and I filter by rebounds because um, you mentioned Darius' uh, rebounding. He's re- averaging 3.8 total rebounds per game. I wanted to see how that ranked compared to the, the rest of the team. I guess that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. So he's 8th overall. Um, but a sad stat to make Thunder fans sad. Um, Steven Adams is leading the team with 11.8 rebounds. The next highest behind him is Shea with 7.2, and then Schroeder with 6. And then Hami with five. And then finally, we get back to a forward with five. 
or yeah, Gala or sorry, Gala has four point eight, so essentially five. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Side note, uh, <laughs> Nick, do you have anything to add on on Darius? Yeah, he's he's very interesting. I'm not convinced he, and this is not currently because he, he's currently a four, but, but you know the, by the way he plays right now, I'm not convinced that he's a four long term. I think a couple years down the road you might see him be a true wing. I think so too with his more, ball like more of a three. Yeah, I could probably I could see that. I could see him him fluctuating between the two. Yep, but. He's he's been encouraging so far. My my only thing that I would say against Thunder fans, I don't know if you guys agree with this or not, is like after this game against New Orleans, don't get your your hopes up super high on this kid for the rest of this season. He's 19. This was game 6 and with these these young players, progression isn't linear, right? It's up and down. He's probably not even appearing on anybody's scouting report right now. And once they can pick apart like the two or three things he does well offensively, this the same thing happened with Hami last year, right? He was getting rotation minutes, and then when teams started scheming against him, he didn't get rotation minutes anymore. This is just kind of what happens with players, especially young players. Um, it's a growth process, right? So don't expect his progression to just be straight up. It's gonna be there's gonna be dips and valleys and peaks and valleys and peaks. As we go through this, there's going to be games where he plays really good and we think, damn, like this kid can really play. And there's going to be days where we think like, oh my God, he's the most incompetent player in the NBA besides Abdul Nader. And, uh, and, and so it's going to be back and forth, right? But I will say, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Baisley's game against the Pelicans the other night just gave me this, this flashback to rookie Steven Adams against Andre Drummond and the Pistons. Yeah. You guys remember that yeah. game? That he Steven had like what was it 12 or 14 points and like eight rebounds. I how did he pull it up? But yeah, no, I, I think he had I think it was a double double that point. night. Yeah. And we all like we're like okay, I see why this guy is not playing in the G League like we we all projected. Yep. Uh so hey Nick, speaking of players that are performing well, let's talk about Nerland's Noel. Uh, he's filled in for Steven Adams for two games now after Steven got hurt, uh, a knee contusion, I believe a left knee contusion, down in the Houston game. Steven was not playing very well to start the season. That's pretty well documented and talked about. But Nerlens has come in and has played pretty damn good. Uh, Nick, what what are your thoughts on Nerlens Noel's season so far? Um, he's He's interesting. He's not a guy that... I would say is a full-time starter, but he's a guy that's good enough to step in and be productive as a starter. He does things, which this may be surprising to people, but I, I think he does things better than Steven Adams. He's obviously a better defender. Um, I think to a degree he's got better offensive moves. I think Steven's a better, more dominant offensive player, don't get me wrong, but I think Nerlens Noel has more true offensive moves he's got that floater he can step out and shoot a little 10 12 footer um he's great catching a lob just like steve is i i think that he's a guy that is very serviceable as a backup center um and then whenever he needs to start he can do that as well but i've i've been very impressed i don't think this is any sort of fluke i think that you know when you're a lottery pick you know you have the talent clearly it's just taking him a little bit longer to come around Nerland so far this season appeared in all six games, averaging 17 minutes a game, 7.7 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists, 
a steal, nearly two blocks on 70% shooting from the field uh, and 80% from the free throw line. And that's that's not all layups either. That dude's been shooting some some shots outside of the rim. Some little mid-range shots, yeah. He had a, a play against New Orleans where they ran a pick and roll and he caught the ball on the roll and immediately like his man was backpedaling because he thought Nerlens was rolling to the rim. Nerlens just kind of stopped and did a little free throw line pull up jumper and hit it. Drains and it. I thought yep. that's that's a it's something so subtle, but it's such a good basketball move as a big man if your man is backpedaling to be able to short roll and and pull up or shoot a little floater or a little pull up J instead of trying to get all the way to the rim where where the big man is falling back to. And then so the next time down, you know, maybe the big man isn't as quick to sink because he thinks you're going to shoot that pull up and you can roll past him, right? Or he the big man has to step up more which allows the guard to get past. It's it's those little nuances that that make running a pick and roll so good. And I thought that was an interesting wrinkle from Nerlens. Yeah, I think his his offensive versatility is huge. And I even tweeted this out yesterday. I really have enjoyed Nerlens with these lineups uh, that that Billy plays. I think he fits in perfectly on the offensive end because he has a little more versatility compared to what Steven has uh, so far this season, which is a completely different topic. <laughs> but uh, I really have enjoyed him on the offensive end. On defense, he makes big plays. He has those standout plays like the huge blocks, and occasionally he'll get a steal. But he's still kind of lost uh, from like from a positional standpoint. He hunts um, blocks a lot, which opens up offensive right. rebounds he's on the block backside. Hunter. And then you also uh, find him kind of getting lost um, from a position standpoint. He's not the best on ball, and then he also obviously isn't the best defensive rebounder compared to Steven, who's able to box people out. And um, in the past, that's been for obviously the guards to go and get the rebound. Now he's kind of adjusting to that. But So there's certainly some areas on defense that are noticeable when Nerlens is out there on the floor. Um, but in Steven's absence, he's been great. You know, like I, I think this team could get by if Presti does decide he can get a ridiculous package for Steve. You know what I mean? Like get a ridiculous package for Steven Adams. He has to pull the trigger on. Like this team can still suffice with having Nerlens at the five. I don't feel too scared that, when Nerlens gets switched onto a guard at the top of the perimeter. But if it's Steven Adams, I'm very well aware he's about to get cooked. Yeah, Nerlens is very uh, light-footed out there. Well, we, we noticed that a lot last year too. I remember us talking a lot about that. Um Kamiar, again, let's stay on the topic of Thunder players that are playing good right now. It seems like Chris Paul may have turned a corner in the second half of that Portland game. He's played good ever since then. Uh, what what are you seeing from Chris Paul that you're liking so far? I like that he is not selfish with the ball too much. I like that he can actually make a three-pointer. I like that he makes some fancy passes and gets everybody involved. Um, like he sees across the court very well, and I like that he's a perfectionist on offense and defense to where he is actually going to play defense to where it's not going to sacrifice the integrity of their defense, um, especially inside when they're trying to defend teams that are running pick and rolls. So that's going to make the game much easier on Steven Adams or on Nerlens or whoever else are running the pick and roll against. So stuff like that. And, of course, him mentoring SGA, him and Shea uh, seem to be getting along fairly well and like compete on a daily basis. And that's really nice. So I like that from CP3. But, like, CP3 is not going to wow me. Um, he hasn't wowed me, like, at all uh, this season. 
but his veteran floor general leadership has been nice, and it's going to be good for Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the other guys, you know, as he stays with the team, maybe for the year, who knows. And, uh, like, like, I don't know, this might be a hot take, but at this point, I'm more impressed with what SGA does and his ability on the floor than what Chris Paul has, than in, like, intangibles. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, you gotta you got to take the grain of salt that Chris Paul is playing very passive versus what he could, and that is something that, and I'm not saying it's going to be this bad, but we've noticed in years past, early in the season, you know, Russell Westbrook would play more passive and, and be more of a facilitator, pass the ball around, let guys get their shots, and then down the stretch when it really mattered, um, he, he kind of reverted back to that. I'm going to shoot the ball a whole lot and win the game for us. I'm just hoping that this isn't one of those, you know, I'm the new guy here. I'm going to do what's best for the team. And when he gets comfortable, he reverts to a, a ball hog. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Speaking of that, Nick, I was just looking at it so far this season. Chris Paul is averaging the fewest field goal attempts of his career. I know it's small sample size, six games, but 10.3 field goal attempts a game would be the lowest mark in his career. Uh, the second closest coming in his last year in New Orleans, he shot 11.6 times a game, 10.3 right now. So so that his field goal attempts are down significantly, but he's still averaging 15 points, four and a half assists, four rebounds, one and a half steals. And again, small sample size, kind of a small sample size, six games, but he's shooting four and a half threes a game, and he's connecting on 48% right now. Yeah, he's he's been very efficient when he does shoot the ball, but I, I don't anticipate, and I'm not saying he's going to jump up to 18 attempts a game, but I, I don't anticipate him being this small of a contributor shooting the ball on offense. I think he'll be looking at uh, 13 and a half, 14 shots a game, and I think his assist numbers will go up too. I, I it, it's just it's it's just like Russ on Houston. You know, you watch those first couple games, and you're seeing people you know tweet out these stats. Russell Westbrook has 11 assists and has only shot the ball once. He doesn't need to shoot the ball to contribute. And I think it's just when you're on a new team, you're trying to fit in, you're trying to make everybody happy. But at some point, everyone gets comfortable, and you go back to your old ways. So I think. I think we will see that change here in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, any other thoughts on Chris Paul, guys? Not necessarily. I think you guys all nailed it on the head. Uh, just the only thing that stuck out to me uh, was Baisley and some of the young guys continuously uh, talking about Chris Paul's leadership and his encouragement. You know, this is this, this is like what the second time now that yesterday that we've heard uh, Baisley talk about Chris Paul telling him to continue to shoot. Um, so for one, it makes me really encouraged to see that a veteran Hall of Famer superstar like Chris Paul sees a lot of talent in Baisley and feels like there's a lot to be uh, a lot there to be developed. But two, it's really cool to see Chris Paul being a positive influence in the locker room and encouraging guys like Baisley and SGA to uh, be their best selves and to kind of take control and not worry about you know him getting his touch. Chris Paul being him, uh, getting his touches and whatnot. It's just really nice to have a point guard that tries to get over on screens and yeah, actually uh, tries, actually tries <laughs> on, on defense, defense, and then actually can make a three pointer at a decent clip if he's wide open. Yeah, people forget he's a he's a multi time uh, all defensive team kind of guy. Yeah, he's good. Okay, guys, uh, this this next one this has kind of come up especially after the New Orleans game Saturday afternoon, where Terrence Ferguson saw only five minutes of play. The team 
came out. Well, not, I don't know if the team came out and said, but Royce reported, Royce Young of ESPN, that Ferguson was experiencing flu-like symptoms, although he did sit on the bench the rest of the game with his towel over his head. He then had a an interesting Instagram post the the evening after the game. But this brings up kind of this this big theme that we're seeing so far this year that I want to talk about, which is Terrence Ferguson versus Hamadou Diallo. We're already hearing parts of the fan base talk about how they think Diallo should be starting over Ferguson, uh, that Ferguson's not playing well, that Hamadou is playing well. Um, and, and so it's an interesting argument. I don't want to start with Taylor because all he's going to do is... is uh, Homie! Yeah. Have so, to tell you guys the homies next rest of Westbrook. <laughs> Let him run point. Uh, <laughs> call me R. What are your thoughts on this this Ferguson versus Hamadou Diallo um, kind of dynamic that's developing on the team right now? What What do you mean? What the dynamic is like? Like, well, maybe this not is, the this dynamic is apples of the and team. oranges. Not the dynamic on the team, but maybe the dynamic in the fan base. Like, do you have a preference on who starts, who gets the minutes, um, and, and what What are your thoughts on the on the two guys and how they're performing? I mean, again, it, these are two different, completely different types of players. Um, Hamadou Diallo is more of a slasher kind of guy. With the ball, he's able to uh, dribble, drive, get penetration, but he's not going to shoot the ball. That's not the kind of player he is. That's not the player I don't know, I don't think he's ever going to be. He's an energy guy. He Honestly, he's like a hyper-athletic Corey Brewer, for being honest. And um, That's an interesting comp, actually. I mean, like, he's long, and he's not a great shooter, but, hey, he gets to the rim, and he likes, you know, he plays decent defense. Hard-nosed and aggressive. Yeah, I like that. But, I mean, it's it, it's it's comparing two different types of players. So, like, if Terrence Ferguson is making three-pointers, then he needs to be the starter on the team. But if he's only getting one or two shots a game to be, uh, you know, on three— then really in, people get angry at him for not making one of those two shots, well, then that's not going to happen. Like, And maybe he's anxious again for some reason because and there, I know there's stuff probably there's stuff going on in his life right now, but holy crap, Like Mike Muscala sees the ball ever touch his fingertips, and the man just like fires it up regardless of who's in his face. And Terrence Ferguson, he uh, he's very timid about it, and he's very timid about moving the ball at all. And it's just, it's odd, but he's very good defensively. And um, he's much better than Hamadou Diallo is defensively. And um, he's not going to give you a highlight reel, whereas Hamadou Diallo, like, you notice him a lot more on the floor because, well, he usually has the ball in his hands when he gets on the floor. Like, he will get the ball and he will either rebound the ball and he will try to drive whether or not he gets a foul and he plays with his head above above the rim at all times. So, I mean, there's, there's two different types of players. I mean... If Ferguson isn't making his threes, of course you want Hamadou Diallo in there. But if Ferguson is making it at like at a relative clip, then you want him in there. Uh, I really don't have a preference. I think one style, of course, is more exciting because windmill dunks are more exciting than missing three corner threes. I mean, it's that that's obvious. He's a dunk champion. Yeah, I think that's maybe what a lot of people um, kind of get hung up and confused on is Hamadou is the more exciting player. Uh, Whereas I think Ferguson is the better player. And Kamiar, I, I you hit it right on the head there that Diallo has the ball in his hands and Ferguson needs guys to set him up. 
And when people aren't setting him up, and he that that's why you're seeing his shot numbers down so low, right? It's not that, oh, Ferguson sucks on offense. No, it's just that Ferguson offensively is a different type of player, right? And and he needs guys to set him up. And when the guys aren't setting him up, he doesn't get the shot attempts. Um, and I, I also agree with you that Ferguson is the better defender, although Hami may be seen more, right? And people see like a, a, a steal or a block. Ferguson positionally and his ability to get over screens and stick to his man, like he guard, guarded Harden well. He guarded Dame really well. He guarded Beal really well. Like Ferguson's had some really impressive defensive performances. And also, I just, I love Hamadou Diallo. I'm just not convinced that throughout the entire season they're going to be able to keep him on the court. Uh, when you're shooting 10% from three and 54% from the field um, and 56% from the free throw line, like he can get to the rim. But at what point are teams, whenever Hamadou Diallo is out there, at what point are teams just going to stop guarding him altogether and just have his man stand with one foot in the paint? Yeah, they're literally going to give him the Russell Westbrook treatment from the playoffs yeah. last year. Except, like, to the extreme. Right, right. It's it's not – I mean, when you're shooting 10% from three whenever you're Diallo, that's got to change. And Kamiar, I whenever you said he doesn't shoot the, he doesn't shoot the ball, like, he does. I mean, he shouldn't, but he does. You know, he's 0 for 4 in that last game. So I think, in my opinion, I'd still rather start Ferguson just for that – Ability to shoot the ball. It's not going in this year. Um, but you know that that will turn around. I, I would bet money if we went 365 days ago to one of our podcasts, we'd be having the same conversation. Diallo versus Ferguson. Whenever Diallo yep. had a good start to the year and Ferguson was missing everything. And, you know, it's, it's a long season. Things turn around. But my question is, who do you think our uh, Twitter giveaway winner would have a, would pick between jerseys of Diallo and Ferguson? Because we need to announce that now. Oh, um, I bet. So he doesn't have to pick one of these two, but no, I bet no, no, no. he or she would pick Hamadou Diallo. Yeah, I think so too. I think Dunk he's, I think he's the more. I think he's the Hamadou more popular of, among the fan base. Diallo. True. So, Nick, you brought it up. Do you want to announce our winner? Yeah, I will. Um, so, this winner I'm about to announce, make sure you contact us in some way, shape, or form. You can, at that point, tell us what jersey you want. We can get you set up and get it sent out to you. Uh, the winner is Evan McDonald, Twitter hander, at Twiddle Twitter hander. Twitter hander. Well, Twitter I'm, hander. I'm, I'm I'm looking I'm looking ahead of his name and I don't even know how to say this, so I started forgetting how to talk. Um, Twitter handle is at E B B A N F L E A U X. Eben Flow. Eben Flow. Flo. Okay. Well, that's that's our winner. So Evan, whenever you <laughs> whenever you're listening to this and and. I'm sure you're pumped right now because you're getting a free jersey. Reach out to us, and we'll get you set up. Congrats to Evan. That's awesome. Evan sent us like tons yeah, of Twitter, Twitter questions, questions and, and stuff, stuff. before, yep. so we really appreciate Evan. And uh, thank you to everybody who entered into our jersey giveaway. I'm sure we'll do more giveaways as the season uh, unwinds and, and gets into the thick of things. Guys, last thing, Thunderwise, I want to talk about today. We're going to play a little game. I'm going to give you a player's name, and I want you to tell me, is Shea Gilgis-Alexander better than that player? 
Okay, you can take it as currently are they better than that player, or long term, do they have a better outlook than that player? Hell, let's do both. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll name like the player. That. You tell me right now who's better, and then long term projections who you think is better. Nick, I'm starting with you on the first player. Is Shea Gilgis Alexander better than Kyle Kuzma? Right now, that's. I think it's pretty dang close. I would say um, no. Kuzma is better. His numbers may not say that this year just because he's on a team with two superstars and Alexander's going to get more more shot attempts. But I think I think they're pretty dang even Kuzma by a hair. Okay, what about long-term? Um, I would take Shea long-term. Um, again, he's going to have more opportunity. He, he probably has a a better chance at developing into who he could be. Kuzma may experience a little bit of a lag in development just because he's playing with Braun and AD over the next at least you know, one, two, three, four years. But... Um. Yeah, I'll take Shea. I'll I'll take Kuzma right now by a hair. Shea long term by a hair. All right, sounds good. Taylor, you get the next player. This is a fun one. Is Shea Gilgis Alexander better than Lonzo Ball? So that's pretty tough. Um, they both, I guess, were the same draft class, right? Last year, uh, were they? Yeah. No. No. no, no Lonzo was in before. year three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. That seems crazy to me. I forgot. Yeah. Lonzo was with the Lakers two years before he got traded. Wow. Um. Regardless, so Lonzo is an incredible defender. There's a lot of people who are saying that he could be uh, all NBA all defensive team for this current year. Uh, also, Lonzo has incredible court vision, um, and both of those I think are better than where Shea is at right now. However, short term, I still would go with with SGA because I think he can make more happen on the floor, and. I also would go long term with SGA because I just think he has the potential to develop both his court de- his court vision, uh, his defense, and obviously his scoring is just unmatched uh, in terms of Alonzo Ball's scoring. So I'm going to go with Shea on both of those. Um, probably slightly Shea short term, but long term I'm definitely going Shea. Alonzo right. ain't it, Chief? <laughs> Kamiar is Shea Gilgis Alexander better than Colin Sexton? Um. It's a good question. Colin Sexton is like, he's a guy last year. I think last, what what did he average last year? It wasn't anything that special. It's like sixteen a game. I think. For you. Hold on. Like he, he didn't. I think he was like sixteen a game. He didn't assist the ball at all. He just like got downhill and scored a ton. That's all I remember him doing. And he had a nasty rat tail. <laughs> oh, you I don't, don't like the rat tail. No, I don't think so. Shea, Shea's not assisting the ball either, though. Colin Sexton, 16.7 points um, on 43% shooting, 40% from three, uh, three rebounds, three assists, and half a steal a game. And that's this uh, season? That that was last season. Oh, he played. Season? He played 72. He started 72 of 82 games. This season, 18 points a game, uh, 40% from three, two assists, three rebounds. Uh, so his numbers are, are pretty much the same. His st- scoring increased a bit, but he's down by an assist a game so far this season. And Shea's right there with you know at twenty two seven and three. I mean he's right there. You know he's not shooting. He's shooting seventy percent from the from the line and thirty eight percent from three, which is great. You know for a second second year guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean right now we call it honestly. 
they play two different styles of game 100%. Um, Colin Sexton is a guy that's going to get downhill on you, whereas Shea is not necessarily going to be the guy that rams through. He's going to be change of pace. So they play two different styles of game, and I would say right now, honestly, it's kind of like a push. Um, I could I could say ways that I could say Shea's better in this way because he's longer and more athletic as far as like his stature. It's able it's lets him do more things and other things that maybe Colin Sexton can't. Um, whereas I could argue for Colin Sexton as being a more dynamic and athletic uh, point guard, but in the long term. I would say that maybe Shea, just because of how he plays the game, it's not necessarily hard in his body. He has that six-six frame that you know with a longer wingspan, and if his shot actually gets quicker, because he has a very slow release, that kind of bugs me. But if when his shot gets quicker and they rework some things on him and he just transcends upwards, I think he'll be a better player long term. But I don't think it's going to be like that much of a significant like drop between him and Colin Sexton, if that makes sense. I think Sexton's good. Nice. Nick, you get the next player. We've got two more left. Is Shea Gilgis-Alexander better than Jalen Brown? Um, No. This one's kind of hard because Jalen's such a wild card himself. Yeah, you know? and, and it's – and whenever you get paid, it's – and whether it be good or bad – we judge players on contracts. If you get a big contract, you're automatically considered yeah. good. Um, and Jalen got a haircut. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, I would say right now he's not. You know, Jalen doesn't have like outstanding numbers, but he does a lot of things. He passes the eye test. And you know, if he was on a team like Oklahoma City, like 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 Shea is, where he gets all these shot attempts, he could be better. But he's always been on this good Celtics team where he's just another guard. I would say right now Shea is not as good as Jalen Brown. Uh, long term, that's that's tough to say. I don't know. They they both have a lot of upside. I don't think there's a right answer on that. But if I had to put my money on it, I would say Jalen Brown will probably be better long term. All right. Taylor, you get the last one. Is Shea Gilgis Alexander better than De'Arian Fox? Ooh. Oh, man. Um Short term, prop like if you're comparing the last two seasons or this at the beginning of this season and last season as a whole, then De'Aaron Fox 100% gets the head the heads up uh, above Shea. But if we're going like super short term and just going off these first like two two and a half weeks of the season, you're probably going to lean a little towards Shea. Long term though, it's like it like Comigar mentioned a push like this could literally be a push. I think De'Aaron Fox might have the long term potential as a point guard. Shea, there's a lot to be excited about Shea long-term and just his versatility and his length. But De'Aaron Fox is just so explosive, so athletic, and so skilled. Um, I think I'm going to go with Fox probably on both, but that's so close. That might be the hardest one, I think, on this list, in my personal opinion. Um, I'll barely go with Fox, but um, yeah, that's, that's really hard. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. It's uh, I think all five of these were actually really oh, yeah. really good. All five of them were great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Well, before we move on to talk some more NBA wide stuff, uh, Taylor, our first sponsor for the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about him? So yeah, guys, when we were comparing SGA, maybe we should have compared him like to some long term all stars that we'd hope he'd develop into. Um, untucked 
Kyrie Irving could have been one of those guys, right? Right? Well, one of our, our sponsors for today, Untucked. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means? Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy or girl in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? And like most brands, Untuck It shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at that just right length, no matter his or her size. So he or she looks casual and sharp. Personally, uh, I work in the corporate world. I'll get some shirts that look great when I, t- when I tuck them in. You know, I have to look nice for work or whatever. But then I, maybe I want to go out on the weekends with my wife and friends, and they don't look all that great with just jeans or un- untucked. That's why you should go with Untuck It. With more than 50-plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick-and-mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, which is getting cold out there. You guys might want a flannel, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Taylor, would you consider yourself short, tall, slim, or athletic? I like to think of myself as extremely athletic, Nick. I like that. <laughs> All right, I'm uncomfortable now. Let's go around the association. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> The end of that always makes me laugh. The high pitch. This is always great. makes me laugh. All right, guys, let's not spend a whole lot of time on this, uh, but we got a handful of things to talk about going on around the NBA this past week. Let's start with maybe the biggest story, which is Steph Curry will be out three months minimum, not not out three months, reevaluated in three months with a broken hand. The dubs, no Steph, no Clay. Draymond has apparently um, messed up his his index finger, um, so he's out. Their starting lineup the other night included like three or four guys that I've never even heard of before. Uh, they're bad, <laughs> like they're real, real, real bad. Everything's uh, fine. <laughs> are like what? What do we even think about the Warriors? Like, are they going to have the worst record in the league this year? makes me very angry like it it was so humbling to see it was really humbling for them to you know win all those titles and be in contention every single year for the past however many years and then like it was really nice just to like as a as an opposing fan base and for other teams just to go into their new arena or host them and just completely wreck their shit and but now it's sad, and like I don't get any satisfaction of like kicking a corpse. You know, it's not fun. <laughs> Beating a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> um, there does it kind of make you mad that yes. they were better than the Thunder, like in 2016. They've been better than the Thunder 
like on, on obviously this run of them winning three titles in five years, and now they might be better than the Thunder at tanking. And they're going to steal our draft pick. That's exactly what I was thinking. Or not steal yep. our draft pick, but get a better bastards. draft pick than us. Yep. That's what like, I'm like, so scared bastards. of. It's, it's to the point where I think some of these injuries are not even real. Like, yeah, they were like, yeah. come on. He, Draymond has, uh, what did he do? Something to the ligament in his finger. I mean, this this asshole just played too much Call of Duty the night before. And like... <laughs> Draymond doesn't even use his hands like this, like even to eat. This man just like eats <laughs> right off the plate. Like if he had, <sighs> so if he had the same injury during the playoffs last year. At any oh, point he's during the playoffs, he's one hundred percent playing. Exactly. Yeah, it's very much like my pinky hurts. I'm gonna yeah. sit this one out. Nick, you're being quiet over there. How do you feel about the Warriors? I mean, I don't blame him on the whole Draymond thing. Like, yeah, of course he's gonna play in a playoff game, and he's not gonna play when they suck and are tanking now. Um. I mean, even if they get a, a top lottery pick, they it may not convert. You never know. There's a lot of guys that are busts that are lottery picks. So even if they tank and get some top five pick, that doesn't mean that they're going to be the next coming with this new guy and bring back Steph and Clay and Draymond and be good again. You never know what's going to happen. It doesn't piss me off. It's just, you know. It kind of uh, makes me mad with the Steph injury that, like, now they have a built-in excuse for their losing. Like, Oh, we just don't have Steph. No, like they they were already like sucking. They were already I mean, awful. Trust me though, like if if you're a Warriors fan, like even if Steph's out and you have an excuse, it's still not fun to suck. It's still not fun to watch five guys that you've never heard of. Like it's yeah. not it's not fun to be a Warriors fan and and they're going to say, "Oh, it's this is the reason, that's the reason we're tanking. This is fun." But they're not having fun. I promise you that. What percentage chance now after this do you give them of trading D'Angelo Russell before the deadline? I I don't know if it really affects. I, I think I think they if, if knowing what's happening this year and seeing like oh crap here's what an injury can do and you know Steph's getting older and all this kind of stuff. I almost think they keep him because he's a young guy and could be a piece of their future. If you're gonna start tanking and and building your team with young guys, why not keep him around? That's okay. kind of that's kind of the impression I've gotten as well, but. All of that could just be bluff, you know, trying to get the the best package in return for for D'Angelo and trying to get as many assets as possible in return because D'Angelo is like literally one of their only assets, unless you decide to just blow it all up and trade Steph, Draymond, Clay. Would they trade Draymond? You think? I think so. That's a good question. I I would I would say Draymond is is more likely to be. I mean, I'm not in their front office, so I don't know this for sure. But I I would say. That's not true. Nick's reporting. He's reporting right now. (laughs) Draymond. Aggregate. Aggregate. (laughs) Aggregate. I would say Draymond would be more likely to be traded than D'Angelo. You've got a young guy. He was an all-star last year. You can build around him going forward, and then Draymond just doesn't fit the timeline if you're going to rebuild. So, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think Draymond fits the timeline for them as far as if the Warriors want to have a second title run stint. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be there. I mean, if you have Steph, Clay, maybe D'Lo, or maybe you turn Dre and D'Lo for something else that more substantial, and especially if they're tanking this year, right? In two years, solid draft I mean, they're yep. gonna be they're gonna be fucking good again. It's so frustrating. Yeah. But here's the but, thing: yeah. if, if Dre, Dre kind of makes a lot of sense on Portland, doesn't he? Oh, he makes that would instantly put them in, into contender or any contender for that matter. Imagine him on Portland or on a goodness on Denver, like. Yeah, Portland's a good one. Denver's a good one. Utah, 
like there's there's a lot of the Lakers like none of these are like super realistic because of assets and whatnot but just putting him on any of those contenders just makes so much sense Milwaukee or I mean dude it would be it'd be so fun to watch Draymond average eight four and five on any of those teams man imagine that exactly all right let's move on we also had some some entertainment more entertainment than a normal NBA basketball game Dude, I hate you. Did you find that Boom. center just for that? Yes, I did. You better believe I did. Jesus. I just want you guys to know that that wasn't my sounder. That was Taylor playing a sounder through his Off phone, my through his phone. microphone. Jesus Christ, the I'm quality sure of this podcast fantastic. is going in the toilet. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid. nicely timed, though. Really yes. good job, Taylor. Hey. We didn't have to wait the quintessential five seconds for Jacob to get the hey, sounders ready. you know what? Am I, I'm not allowed to say the F word on the podcast anymore. I already Frick did, off, so, buddy. So you we might have to bleep it out. Frick off. Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, go at it. Uh, Towns actually like reared back and threw a punch. Uh, they get in a scuffle. Uh, they start wrestling. They fall to the ground. We got an image of Embiid essentially eye-gouging Carl Anthony Towns with his freaking thumb. Going full-on mountain Game of Thrones. And then we get another angle where we see Ben Simmons having Carl Anthony Towns in a full-fledged chokehold that the league determined was him playing a peacekeeper. He was trying to hold him back. I, I looked at the video. Did you not see the entire video? No. I just saw yeah, the chokehold. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, he was trying to like pull pull him back, but Cat was like not having any of it, and then like so, <laughs> so he's Simmons, him with that chokehold. Well, yeah. Simmons is just like grabbing anything he can to hold him back, and then like you have Embiid get up and just like laughing and pointing at the bench. Yeah, it was Embiid, good stuff. Embiid went on uh, after getting kicked out. They both got um, suspended two games after getting kicked out. Embiid's hyping up the crowd. Carl Anthony Towns' mom flips Embiid off. That's pretty Embiid funny. goes to his post-game conference and says, quote, I ain't no bitch. They then get into it on Twitter and Instagram, back and forth. Jimmy Butler got tagged, which is always fun. <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> oh, and which then, leads yeah. me which and, leads me to ask you guys, if you could see two players in the NBA just full-fledged, just go at it, who would you want to watch fight? That's a good question. Nobody you know, have an answer? Cool. I got one. You ready? Yeah, I'm yep. ready. I want, because Joel Embiid, I freaking love Joel Embiid. So I want Joel Embiid to fight a guy we just talked about, Draymond Green. Draymond That's Green so talks funny. all this shit. He gets into it with everybody. I just want to see him and Embiid throwing hands. Sign me up. I want that. Okay, Jacob, we're on the I'll same take you a page. step further. Take me a step I'll further. I'll take you, Stephen Adams. closer to the Steven edge Adams, I'm Draymond about to break. Green. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Get that rematch. Steve Adams, the, uh, Draymond, man. So we're all Draymond is straight just going to kick him in the dick multiple times, though. So we all want to see Draymond just get beat up. Mine was going to be. <laughs> I think that's all it is. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say James Johnson, the uh, professional Johnson, he's a black karate. Belt. Yeah, black belt. Yeah. See him beat, er, fight Draymond. You know what? Give me this random one, and it's it's totally just like, I just want to see what it would look like. Give me Russell Westbrook versus Nikola Jokic. <laughs> you can't really get funny. two more polar opposite people. I don't like, and then we because we saw the videos of uh, Russ and Harden work, working in like MMA stuff this off this summer, and they looked really painfully awkward, like kicking and punching a, like a punching bag. 
and it was really awkward. And then I, you know, you know, uh, Jokic knows how to box or something. He looks like <laughs> I don't know some dude that's like prize fought a bear or something. And uh, so I'd be curious to see if Russ actually, because Russ has always been about the action, but I've never seen him get into the action. So I'm really yeah. curious to see if he's actually about that life, because I feel like Jokic. He's had the, like, he came from Eastern Europe and he yeah. has had some really rough times in yeah. his life. Jokic so, also has that like chubbiness to him that he just looks like it, your your old uncle who just like he constantly would just absorb like, body blows. The old, yeah, like, I know. Yeah, super big but tubby like high school bully. Yeah. He was Jokic always bigger than Jokic looks like he else. could get shot like four times in the torso and not drop. <laughs> yeah, keep so on going. I'd be really curious to see what would happen there. Or right, I got one more. It's kind of fun too. I, uh, Pat Bev. Uh, I'd love to see Beverly in a fight, but him fighting Deion Waiters. I bet Pat Beverly be bites and fights. <laughs> oh, he does. Dude, 100%. Pat Bev was the guy who bit people in kindergarten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't even got, tell me I've I'm wrong. I've got one for you guys. Don't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> That's so true. Who do you think wins a fight between J.J. Barea and Isaiah Thomas? Barea. Oh, I bet IT, IT smokes him. What? I bet Barea fights dirty. I, I think I'd go. I think I'd go. Brave hobbits too. can't fight, dude. Hobbits hide. I, I bet he fights. I bet They're he both dirty. hobbits. Hey, so <laughs> yeah, on the real. thunder, on the thunder. First, excluding Stephen Adams because he's always our answer here. Like, which player from the Thunder does nobody want to get the smoke from? Like, who on the Thunder do you think can actually scrap? I don't know. I haven't thought. I know. About I'm trying this. to think trying about to think it. This through. Mike Muscala looks oh. like he's got punched in the eyes. Twenty four. No way anybody's going up against Deontay. You not want oh, the word from Deontay. That's true. That's a good one. Uh, it's tough. Uh, I bet Nerlens could get into it. And we've lost. A, we've lost one. a lot of our grittiness in the past couple of years. We don't have a yeah. bunch of. We don't have really any thugs anymore. If I could retroactively yeah. go back and say Kendrick Perkins, I would choose him. Yes. Okay, who currently on the Thunder roster would just get their ass beat in a fight? <laughs> Nader. 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 One Nader. Nader. He's not about that life. He is not about that life. Do you life. think Baisley can, can scrap a bit? I bet he could. He's got those long arms. I bet he he can hold his own. I don't know. He tries to act all soft and funny. I don't know if Shay can fight. Oh, that's, he's yeah, from Shea's Canada. They don't fight. Yeah, he's, he's pretty boy. If he gets his ass beat, oh he's going to go cash in some of his free health care. Chris Paul could totally Shavante does not get into fights. <laughs> Chris Paul can make. Do you think Homie can scrap? Oh yes, I can see Homie scrapping. Look at his look at his facial hair. It says it says it all. <laughs> uh, hard all right, he plays. Like let's uh, let's move on. The last thing from around the association I want to talk about is we're two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever end of the season. Let's talk about some of the end of season accolades and who you would consider a front runner for these accolades. So, first off, rookie of the year. If you guys had to crown a rookie of the year right now, uh, who would you give it to? RJ Barrett. I haven't paid attention to him much. I know he's playing well, but I just really haven't. Well. Uh, I haven't focused on him a whole lot. Nobody's lighting the world on fire like a a uh, Donovan Mitchell or nobody's lighting the world on fire like Ben Simmons, even though he wasn't a rookie. Yeah. Barrett is averaging 17.7 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3.3 assists shooting 39% from three, 44% from the field. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. Better than we thought. The Knicks are better uh, than we thought. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not playing bad. Um, I think I'm going to go John Morant. 
Yeah, so me far, too. Uh, 19 points, three and a half rebounds, uh, five and a half assists, shooting 50% from the three point line, albeit probably on a limit of of attempts. He's uh, he's playing well so far. I like Jaw. That's that's who I was going to go with. Also, Let's see, Nick, do you have any preference on this one? No, oh, I guess Nick's Nick. dead. <laughs> All right. Well, next one then. Come here. Kick us off with this one as well. Defensive player of the year. It's going to be the same one every year until he gets out of the NBA. And I hate the fact that he's a defensive player of the year every single year because all he does is just stand and get – he just stands in the lane, doesn't get called for the three seconds, and it's so freaking frustrating. Rudy Gobert, all the man does is just stand with his arms up in the paint. That's all he does, and he blocks shots. That's ooh, that's, I'm I'm so glad he can block shots, Rudy Gobert, and that you get you don't get called for the three in the key violation, even though he needs to be there every. He needs to get whistled for that like all the time. Um, but I'm gonna go with what's realistic and say Rudy Gobert because they'll choose him again and he'll cry again about it. I think that's fair. I would probably go Rudy Gobert as well. Um, Taylor, do you have a differing opinion here? Let's go Matisse Thibel. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, although he has looked pretty good defensively. Yeah, he uh, has. This is re- this is really tough because outside of Gobert, like he's just such an obvious candidate. There's a lot of people who were clamoring for uh, Giannis to get it along with his MVP. So I think Giannis is a good one. Uh, so far this season, maybe maybe not so much, but I think coming into the season, Giannis is definitely going to be up there. I can see him getting his first uh, defensive player of the year and voters kind of using that as a cop-out to – Get somebody in for MVP. All right. Nick, are you back? Yeah, so if we're talking MV or uh, defensive player of the year, I would go with Kawhi Leonard just because yeah, that's a good one too. No, that's a good answer. They're gonna be a great <laughs> defensive team and whenever you're one of the best defenders on a great defensive team, you get recognition. So I just like I sorted uh I, basically I typed in well, what did I type in? Defensive rating NBA. <laughs> Went to NBA.com. You have Aiton at one, Jimmy Butler two, Winslow at three, Joel Embiid at four, and Dennis Schroeder at five, baby. Dennis Schroeder, Heck defensive player yes. of the year with the high, or the fifth highest defensive rating right above Donovan Mitchell. That's I'm into it. All right, last one. MVP. So far, early on in the season, Taylor, who is your early MVP front runner? Ooh, um, man. All right, while <laughs> you think about it, call me. Are who's your MVP? Well, front I, runner? I got it. I think so. Okay. Right now, uh, early on, after this first like two weeks of the season, I'm gonna go Anthony Davis. That's um, who mine is. But I was still... 30, thirty points, twelve rebounds, three assists, a steal, three yeah. blocks. He's looking solid. He's looking real good. All right, Kamiar, who is your early MVP front runner? Giannis is going to repeat. Oh, that's good. I haven't looked at his stats. I haven't watched any Bucks games so far this season. He's going to repeat. He's just been solid overall. Like, he hasn't had any bad yeah, games. He's, just, he's had a couple he's really just, good uh, ones. I good. love whenever you look up Giannis on basketball reference under position, it says power forward and point guard and small forward and shooting guard. <laughs> Literally every position but center. Giannis, 27 points, 7.7 assists, 14 rebounds, a steal, two blocks. 
It's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Uh, Nick, front runner for the MVP right now. Who do you got? Yeah, it's Giannis. There's there's no question that dude is gonna do big things from this year. They're gonna be a, a good team, and no one going James Harden. Uh uh-uh. uh, that was a joke. <laughs> because he's been bad. Yeah, he uh, he's averaging bad. a lot of points, but three point percentage for James Harden twenty percent on fourteen attempts a game. You hate to see it. That's a, a lot, lot of free of throws. Yes. Um. Where is this free throws? All the free throws. It's oh, ridiculous. Ha- you guys, take just take a guess. I'm on basketballreference.com right now under James Harden. Don't look it up. Kamiar, what would your guess be for Harden's free throw attempts a game this season? Attempts per game is going to be at, let's give me 14. Taylor, what are you going with? I'm going 18. Nick? I was going to say 16 and a half. Oh, 16.2. Right Boom. Ooh. 16.2 free throw attempts a game. What about Russ? That's insane. Hard uh, that's a good question. Let, let, let's look up like Russell Westbrook real quick. Seven. This is great podcasting, just me shouting out random <laughs> stats on basketball reference. Free throw attempts a game for Russell Westbrook, 6.6. That's sad. Shooting yeah, 70% six. from the line, so Must be about nice. on par with the, the past couple of years. All right. Um any other thoughts about what's going on currently in the NBA, guys? Are you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Keep on keeping on. All right. Well, our next ad read comes from Manscaped. The number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So Manscaped has recently mailed me their lawnmower 2.0, uh, to to test out, um, I will tell you I have not used it on my nutsack. I've just used it on my beard, but it works great. It it keeps my beard uh, trimmed up. It's got multiple settings for different levels. Um, overall, great great product. It also comes with this. Even my fiance was was commenting on it. This beautiful uh, kind of leather travel pouch, which is awesome. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the lawnmower 2.0 is their new electric trimmer. It's proprietary skin safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag. It's nice and smooth. It's, it it barely even feels like you turn it on. Honestly, it's like, it's just so like subtle. It's really nice. Um, so all of those accidents where, uh, you're, you're trying to take care of your business and you nick yourself and you start bleeding. Uh, those are things of the past now with manscaped and you don't want to use the same trimmer like i'm using the the lawnmower 2.0 on my face like you probably don't want to go like balls and then face that'd be a bad plan so uh so make sure that you order yourself the lawnmower 2.0 and and you have two separate things one for your beard or your hair one for your face they also come with crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer because you don't want to be smelly and you want to you want to stay moisturized no no dry nuts you know uh you put deodorant on your armpits why not put it on the other smelly parts of your body just makes sense so you can get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code blue wire at manscaped.com always use the right tools for the job your balls will thank you i've talked more about balls in the past 30 seconds than i think i have all week 20% off 
plus free shipping when you use the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D, manscaped.com. Use the code word BLUEWIRE. All right, guys. Now that we're talking about balls, uh, balls. let's get back to some basketballs. Real quick, to finish off this podcast, I figured we could do a little bit of buy and sell. I'm going to name you a team. You tell me, are you buying what they're currently doing or are you selling it? All right, first one, the Phoenix Suns. Um, I don't have a record in front of me. I need to look that up. But the Phoenix Suns have been playing good so far this season. Taylor, Phoenix, you buying or are you selling? Well, per ESPN's Tim uh, McMahon. He says he always checks net rating rankings before he votes on the ESPN's power rankings, which will be coming out on Monday, tomorrow. Um, the Phoenix Suns are number two as of now in overall net rating rankings. Hey, that's nice. Hey, four and two for the Suns, by the way. Four and two. So I'm going, four I'm and buying. Two. I'm all in. You got, oh. what, what is, what, what's his, his name? Thies? How do you, how do you pronounce his last name? I can never pronounce his name. You guys know this. Daniel Tice. Tice. That's it, that, and it's it also it's it's also <laughs> yeah the guy he's tearing it up. And Rubio's are you talking like about are you talking about Aaron Baines or Aaron Baines? Yeah, no, sorry, Jesus right. Christ, Taylor. Confused. I, and, I barely watched me. Tim, so real honest with Tim you guys. McMahon as well. Tim McMahon. Taylor is Taylor with names. All right, we're moving so on. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's Taylor Patterson from now on. <laughs> Tyler. Tyler Patterson <laughs> instead of Taylor Peterson. Call me uh, our Phoenix Suns. You buying or you selling? I am just elated because remember when I said, hey, the Phoenix Suns might actually be pretty decent with a decent point guard, and everybody in the podcast laughed at me? Who's yeah. laughing now, you assholes? <laughs> They're 4-2, and two, and their only two losses come from the Nuggets, which was a one-point loss. And they, from the Jazz, which again was a one-point loss. Now they've only beat they've they've beat this they beat the yeah the Clippers. They've only beaten the Clippers. But I mean, like to play with the Nuggets and the Jazz like that—that's pretty special. Um, they beat the Clippers one thirty to one twenty-two. So I currently am buying them because, like I said, with a good point guard their offense and everything else will come into shape. And um, so, yeah, I like the Suns. Very good. Hey, also new rule for the remainder of this podcast, which is probably only about 10 more minutes. Um, wrong pronunciations only on players and teams in <laughs> honor of Taylor Peterson. <laughs> Nick, yes, this is my Phoenix segment. Suns. You, uh, um, so, Nick, the Pohenix Suns, you buying or selling? <laughs> well, Kamiara must be taking a nap because he's dreaming the Phoenix Suns. you got to sell that stock right now. They are just lucky as hell to be in the position they are right now. They're doing this without DeAndre Ayton. You can't tell hey, me. Hey, you pronounce the name right. Go back and mess it up, please. The, this this team is this, they're they're better than they've been in years past, but they're not a good team. They're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe they'll be thirteenth in the West instead of fifteenth this year. But come on, they're not making the playoffs. All right, next team, Taylor, the Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Oh man! So I preseason I was like very very low on the Heat, but they look they've looked so good. They beat the currently number uh, two in the East five the and one Milwaukee uh, Books 
<laughs> by five. <laughs> the uh, Minasada. Um, Minasada? Timber, <laughs> Timber Cats. Um, actually, I, uh. they, they lost to them. But they beat the Hawks by five. They beat the Hawks again. Uh, they beat the Rockets tonight by 30. They just absolutely destroyed the Rockets after the Rockets obviously had way too much fun. Uh, Russell Wasbrook and James or Joms Jamis 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 Horden um, have way too much fun in Miami uh, I enjoy this way too much I know I'm having trouble just coming up with like bad pronunciations which should come natural to me yeah it should come natural (laughs) maybe you should just talk yeah so I'm still going to uh, sell on Miami Heat I think this is all kind of smoke and mirrors right now fool's gold yeah I think it's fool's fool's gold Fool's gold. Jeez. Uh, I don't see them continuing this. And I just, yeah. <laughs> it's Furs Gerd. Call me, are you buying or selling on the heat? I am buying the heat. Call me, has got a lot of money to buy all these teams, man. <laughs> well, I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not selling all the other teams. Oh, touche. Touche. Uh, Nick, buying or selling on the heat? I'm standing pat. I'm not buying or selling them. I'm just going to ride with them because Ooh. listen, listen, listen. They're right now they're playing like a playoff team in the East. They're not a top playoff team. They're not a bottom playoff team. They're kind of snug right there in the middle, and I think that's where they're going to finish. So I think they're playing on par for what they're going to be all year long. All right. Well, then, Nick, you get the next team, the Brooklyn Nets, buying or selling? Selling. The Nets, so you're selling on how bad they are? Because the Brooklyn Nets are currently 2-4. and So I guess if we're going based on what they are right now, I'm going to buy. However, I think... You think they're just going to be bad? Vegas has them projected for their win totals. and I don't think they're going to be bad. I think think they're going to be a a sixth seed in the East. So I guess that's better than what they're doing now, but it's worse than what a lot of people think they're going to be. So I guess based on our little game here, I'm selling them. Touche. Um, call me our Nets, buying or selling? I'm really confused by the question. I just think that they're not going to be that great. It's like okay. they're they're just buying time till next year, till KD gets there. Otherwise, just going to be Kyrie putting on a show every, occasionally. Very good. Uh, Taylor, Brooklyn Nets, are you buying what they're currently putting out there, or do you think it's going to get better? I'm in the same boat as Nick and Kami are. So if we're going off that, I'm um, definitely selling. I just there's already drama surrounding Kawhi. Or goodness, Kyrie. Um, so I'm definitely selling uh, with them. <laughs> Taylor's digging himself a hole. He's never gonna climb out. Kawhi. Of. I'm just gonna keep on. Okay, Kami, I'm gonna start with you on this one. The Minnesota Timberwolves. They are currently uh, playing pretty well in the West, four and one, which is good for second place in the Western Conference. Are you buying that they're this good, or are you gonna sell? and think they're going to fall back to reality. I'm selling. They're going to fall back to reality. Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get choked out, <laughs> and bad things don't ensue. Like, everybody knows he's soft, and I just – they haven't really played a schedule. They haven't really played anybody of, of any notoriety. I mean, they played the Sixers, but they're they're not anything special. I mean, if they were playing the schedule that the Thunder are playing right now, they wouldn't be 4-1. All right, very good. Nick? You buying what the the Timberwolves are doing right now, or or do you think it's BS? I think it's BS. I'm going to sell the Timberwolves. However, whenever things start turning into a dumpster fire and they trade Wiggins to the Thunder for CP3, then we can have a different conversation. All right. 
Taylor, real quick, Minnesota Timberwolves, buying or selling? I'm selling. I, I don't even think the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs. Also, I think they'll go for the D-low trade over the CP3 trade. Very good. Next team, Nick, we'll start with you. The Houston Rockets, currently 3-3 three and three in the West. That's good for ninth place, uh, tied with Portland. Are you buying the mediocrity of the Rockets right now, or are you selling thinking they're going to teeter either good or bad? Or do you think they're just going to fall kind of middle of the road? Um, so based on the fact that they're ninth, I'm going to have to buy. I'm not saying they're going to be a top four seed in the West, but they're going to be a playoff team. So I'm going to have to buy. Okay. Taylor, are you buying the mediocrity of the, the Rockets or are you selling it? I'm buying. I think they're going to get together here. I think they'll be fine. Come playoff time. All right. Call me. What do you think? I've been so underwhelmed by the Rockets this year. Their defense has been extraordinarily bad. I was watching their game the other day, and um, and it wasn't versus the Thunder. It was just an, a random game that they were playing. And their announcers were like, man, the Rockets' perimeter defense has been really bad this year, and everybody's getting to the rim. It's because well, you're looking at the top two people at the perimeter, and it's Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So, I mean, that tells you a lot that you need to know. And they're just getting in the shootouts with freaking the Magic, not the Magic, the, the Wiz. Wizard, yeah. And of course, OKC lost the Wizards, but OKC does not have James Harden and Russell Westbrook yeah, on their team. And the Thunder didn't give up 160 points to the Wizards. It's like holy crap. So I mean, I am. Do I think they're going to be a top four seed now? Hell no. Uh, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Sure. Um, so like, if mediocrity for them is a seed that's like six, seven, I'd say go for it. Um, because right now I'm so not impressed. And it's like, who do they have? They have Russ, they have uh, Harden, they have Eric Gordon. You have, you know, PJ Tucker, Clint Capella, and Capella. And then you have Tyson Chandler, Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore. Okay. You can, you could have stopped at Austin Rivers maybe. Yeah. But like, and then the rest is just not that great. There's I, a lack of depth. And you could say that the Thunder maybe is a deeper team, but that doesn't have as much superstar power. But it's just like they've just been woefully underwhelming, and their defense is garbage, like just hot garbage. They fill that team with guys that can't defend other than P.J. Tucker and Clint Capella. Yep, I'm with you. Taylor, let's come to you. Philadelphia 76ers, best record in the league, 5-0. and The only unbeaten left in the NBA? Yeah, I think that's right. Only unbeaten team left in the NBA. Are you buying the Philly hype train or are you selling? So the stock is obviously high, which you always have to be skeptical about, but I'm still buying. I think uh, Philly's going to come out of the East. I predict, predicted that preseason. Uh, they've looked great so far, and they had a great comeback win without Embiid uh, last night against the uh, Trailblazers, so I'm I'm buying on the Sixers. Kamiar, buying or selling the Sixers being buying, one of the best teams buying in the league? the Sixers. They're one of the best teams in the league. Nick, any differing opinion? Nope. Uh, I was the same way. I have them preseason winning the East, and I'm sticking with that. They look good. They are long. They're tall. They play good defense. They've got... Some depth, uh, not as much as I think they're going to end up trading for to, to get a little deeper, but they're they're a damn good team. All right, Nick, well, I'm going to come right back to you on maybe a not good team. The Sacramento Kings started the season 0-5, have won their last two, but a lot of people thought Sacramento could be a dark horse playoff team in the West this year. 
based off of how they performed last year, the players they have on that team, especially their young guys. Sacramento Kings underperforming. Are you buying the fact that the Kings maybe are just going to Kings it all the time and suck? Or are you selling, thinking they can get this ship turned around and still possibly make a run for a 7 or an 8 seed? No, I'm selling that. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I've got them at the 8 seed. A lot of time left. and So you're still on, on, the, on the Sacramento um, Kings train? It's early. It's early. All right. Very good. Taylor, are you buying that the Kings are awful, or are you selling it thinking they're going to get it turned around? Well, I'm going to sell thinking they're getting turned around. Sorry, I was thinking of, thinking of it the other way around, that their stock is low right now, so I'm going to buy buy a whole lot of stock into the Kings because I think they're okay. going to get really good and make the playoffs. Very good. Come your your opinion on the Kings? I'm still not giving up hope on them making the playoffs, especially because the dubs are garbage. Okay, very good. Next team, Kalmyar, let's start with you, a team that the Thunder fans are fairly familiar with as they just played the Oklahoma City Thunder on Saturday. The New Orleans Pelicans, a team that we all thought could make some noise out west, currently 1-5. Kalmyar, are you thinking the Pelicans are just going to be bad this year? I, I know you have some pretty strong feelings on Zion Williamson, or do you think they get this thing turned around? I think they'll be floating around that 8, 9, 10 spot. I don't think they're garbage. They're missing, of course, Zion, um, but I don't think he's going to make that. I don't think he's going to move the needle that much. He's not a superstar that people make him out to be. Yeah, he's a rookie. Um, Brandon Ingram has been really great, but just their defense, again, has been horrendous. They're inside uh, defense, um, or, and their paint defense has been totally garbage. And Alvin Gentry, or Handsome Squidward, had said that the other day after the game, he said, you know, their their paint defense has been just terrible, and they're uh, you know against penetration they've been bad, and OKC with Shea, with CP3 with Schroeder and even Baisley at some points they were in Hami they were able just to penetrate, and they, it just was bad. I mean that's what happens when you have Jaleel Okafor as your center, and some guy named Melly. I thought Melly was a nickname, but no, that's just some random guy. Um, so. <laughs> They're going to have to trade uh, or do something to get an, an inside presence until, um, I mean, because I don't think you're, oh, you want Oak for as your starting big. Um, and then Melly, of course, isn't going to start over um, Zion once he gets back. But um, I think they'll float around, you know, 8, 9, 10. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're that special, though. Taylor, thoughts on the Pelicans? Do you think they're this bad? Are you buying that they're this bad, or are you selling, thinking they're getting better? I'm kind of with Kami right here. I'm buying that. I don't know if they're necessarily this bad, but I don't think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs like I originally thought they could be. I think that 10th, 9th, 10th seed is probably exactly where they'll fall. Um, there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of young pieces that still aren't coming together when they need them to. A year from now, they're going to look great, but I'm right with Kamiar. I'm going to buy if they're this bad, or I guess I would be selling their stock that I bought early on uh, preseason. Very good. And then, Nick, thoughts on the Pelicans? Real quick. Yep. I'm the same way. They're they're uh, better than they look now, but they're not that good. So I'm going to sell that they're this bad, but I'm not buying that they're a playoff team. Okay, very good. Last team, we got to bring it full circle here, guys. Oklahoma City Thunder. Currently two and four on the season, uh, but with a positive point differential on the year, they're losing close games, and then when they win, they're winning pretty big. 
Uh, are you buying or selling the Oklahoma City Thunder Taylor? This one's really hard because they. this is the one team I think on this list that's kind of been performing exactly how I expected them to. Um, yeah. I'm going to probably sell with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, I would buy maybe that they're going to continue this, like they'll be a competitive team and continue to lose games. If I had stock into the Thunder coming into this season, I would be trying to sell it right now because I don't think they're going to be winning many more games, particularly with how hard the schedule is over the next month or so. And then from there, uh, trade deadline happening and I'm selling their players. Call me, R. I think what you see now is not the product you're going to see in February, and a lot of people are going to be really sad. And But tickets are going to be like 2 bucks, so that's great. So, of course, I'm going to sell uh, because they're not going to be very good. That's the whole point of this rebuild. Nick, any differing opinion from that? Yeah, I think they're better than they're showing now. Like Kamiara said, this team could look completely different. But they're on track right now for 27 wins. I think they're going to finish around 38-44 and 44 as, as their final record on the season meaning about 10 games higher than what they're on track for. So I'm going to sell the fact that they're this bad and they're going to be a little better. All right. Very good. Well, guys, before we bump some outro music and get out of here, any parting thoughts, opinions, comments, concerns before we jump into the next week of Thunder basketball? What do you guys think about next week? How do you feel about these teams? Who are they got next week? They got Orlando. Orlando. Yep. Uh, then I'm to pull it up. they have. I got it right here. Oh, cool. They have Orlando. They have the Spurs. They have the Warriors, Ooh, and then the they Warriors. have the Bucks. I'm gonna go two and two. Yeah. If we include that Bucks game on Sunday, I'm going two and two as well. They will go one and three. Hey, if they go if they go three and one, y'all are ordering me pizza on Sunday night. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> Deal. Three and one, lock it in. If they go two and two, you gotta buy me pizza then. Did we all have differing? Uh, so you're two, two and two. Taylor's two and one two. and three. Uh, so you both two and two. Yep. You can buy me half a pizza and Taylor the other half. <laughs> okay, that'll work. Buy it somewhere in between Oklahoma and Tulsa, and we'll meet up. Uh, we'll be halfway. Have it, have it delivered to that McDonald's there on the yes on, on the, the turnpike. Interstate. Yeah, on the turnpike. Right, and, and then Taylor will meet Taylor and I will meet there and eat the pizza. You're gonna spend more on gas than that half pizza. <laughs> well, you know what? It's the thought that counts. Hey, it doesn't matter. Asshole. They're gonna be they're gonna be three and one. Doesn't matter. You're buying me pizza anyways. I'm playing some outro mm-hmm. music and getting us out of here. Hey, thank you guys so much for checking out the podcast. We're super appreciative. Also, shout out one more time to Evan McDonald, uh, at Evan Flow on Twitter. Evan, make sure you holler at us because you have won yourself a free Oklahoma City Thunder jersey of your choosing. So let us know. We will get in on that for you. To everyone who participated in the giveaway, thank you so much. A lot more coming your way this season. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, subscribe to the podcast wherever you subscribe to podcasts online, whether that be on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, any of those. Leave a five-star review while you're there. You can follow Kamiar on Twitter. He's at MoravianCCM. Taylor is at Taylor underscore P15. Nick at, uh, what is it, Nick? At CraneNBA. Nick's not talking to me anymore. And you can follow myself at ThunderMob405. 
You guys have a great week. Thunder got four games on the docket. Should be a good week. It's going to be fun. We will be back with you after each game for a post-game podcast. So first one, Tuesday night after the Thunder take on the Orlando Magic. Take it easy. Thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.